graduated from Biola University. And you know, Hendrik, Dr. Hendrik Lau, is the same, the same school where he graduated. Now, uh, he's, uh, he's, he has a degree of theology and in Talbot University, and he's also known as Christian Apologist. And, uh, but I like, uh, I met with Joshua, Joshua Tongo, when Wilson introduced me about the grace message. And it's very, I think it's our youth, and youth, it's also youth service like this, and Wilson shared us about grace. And all of us was amazed. That's, that's, the really, that's the message, and uh, since that, I become his daughter. Joshua is a really down-to-earth pastor, missionary. You, you will not be intimidated once you are with them. So, even if I'm not alone, let's have some like, make it noise for our homie. Joshua, come on. Let me see that. Yes, come closer. Come closer, come closer. So I'd really like it if you guys would just uh, ask questions so it could be more interactive. Is that okay? Uh, I'm going to be speaking English, so Oliver and my friends will help me with the Tagalog. Um, I'd rather have you guys not write your questions down on paper. Um, since you guys are right in front of me, just ask me and test my Tagalog. And if I don't understand, then somebody will interpret for me. Okay? Ayos? <laughs> okay, but um, I'll just go right to it. But uh, how, how much time do I have? Uh, just whatever? Okay, okay. Um, actually, can you point the fan away from me because the recording is going to get messed up. So, uh, But I'm going to be talking about love and relationships. Um, how many of you are in a relationship right now? Raise your hand. <laughs> Raise your hand if you're in a relationship right now. Okay. Okay. How many of you have been in a relationship before? Okay, you've been. Okay. How many of you want a relationship right now? Everybody will put up their hands mostly. Okay. Um, I'll just share a little bit about myself really quick. Um, my first girlfriend, I think it was when I was about 16 years old, I think. I'm not even sure. And uh, that only lasted for about a year. And then I've been single for about 12 years from that point on. But in between those 10, 12 years, 10 to 12 years, I, of course, I like people, you know. And it just, unfortunately, it didn't work out. But uh, I finally <laughs> got into a relationship recently huh? with a girl holding the camera. And uh, wait, wait, put the camera on yourself, put the camera on yourself. So her name is uh, Ramedios Jose. And we're actually going to be getting married pretty soon. Um, just the way we met, we only met a year ago. We got together after two weeks. Now, I'm not recommending that for people saying that's the way you have to do it. Uh, some people, they know each other for years. And once they get together, it still doesn't work out. So, you know, I just want to let you guys know that every story is different. Every story is unique, that there's no one right way. This is the Christian way. You have to follow it like this. You have to go to church, and you have to find your boyfriend or your girlfriend only at church. You know, it, it could be a good place, but know that every story is different because you're different, right? And it's okay. And um, so that's just basically a summary. I've only had really one girlfriend. The other girlfriend I had during my uh, Bible school years, it didn't last very long. 
we called it friends with benefits, okay, <laughs> you know, and um, it didn't last very long because it was very, uh, I mean, she's a wonderful person, but uh, it just didn't work out, and just things don't work out, and I have nothing bad to say about her because she was a great person too, and maybe some of you guys have been in a relationship before, and you're thinking, ah, oh, sayang, what a waste, my first should have been my last, it's not a waste, um, if you learn from it, you know, it's okay. And like Oliver said, you know, I, I hope you don't feel intimidated by me. I'm a really re relaxed guy. Um, you guys are, I'm just like you. I'm just sharing my heart, just like you guys. So my friends are here. Uh, my friend Dab from the States is here. I'm just joking. He's not from the States. <laughs> he pretends he is. Uh, but, you know, while I'm talking, uh, my friends that are with me, I didn't even know all of them were going to come here and support. You guys could speak up anytime, okay? You don't even need permission. Um, just get the mic because it's going to be recorded, okay? So, if you guys have a question, uh, just let Oliver know or just say yourself on the microphone because, like I said, it's being recorded. It's going to be online, okay? And so we also need uh, English interpretation because my uh, American audience needs to understand the question. They won't understand. But, uh, but it's okay if you say it in Tagalog, okay? So if you guys are having a hard time thinking of things to think about, to ask, then maybe some of my friends can throw out some questions, okay? But first from you guys, uh, what are some questions about relationships do you have? None? Okay, let's go. Amen! Okay, no. Uh, what are some questions you guys have about relationships? And remember, I'm not, I'm not claiming to know everything. I, I'm, still, I'm still young, folks. You know, I'm only 30 years old. I look like I'm 20. Okay? But uh, there's still a lot for me to learn. Okay? But uh, I'll share to you my heart. And even the guys the other day, we had a talk on Friday about relationships. <clears throat> and and I'm, the reason why I want you guys to pick my brain is because I, I think that a lot of the things that we've been taught about relationships as Christians might not be as healthy as I think, as we think. I think that um, a lot of it is unrealistic. So maybe some of your books you've read, Christian books you might have read about relationships, um, the stuff I might say might be a, a bit different. And so I just ask that you have an have a open mind. And I think it'll help you, what I'm going to share. Um, I think it'll liberate you, okay? So... Girls, what's a question that you have about boys? <laughs> or about love? So go for it, girls. Oh, wow. See, the girls have a lot, man. Yeah, I know. In question, though, for is my love, say some relationship, my kissing. Kissing. Okay. Well, in that case, I'm not Let's go. Let's go. Let's put it this way. I think um, uh, even more um, direct question would be, how far is too far? Because when I was in the States, I was part of a big Filipino-American convention where there's like hundreds and hundreds of Filipinos coming together. And of course, the most important workshops that they had, or the one that everyone went to, was the love and relationship one. And it was kind of uh, more direct where they even asked a more specific type of kissing. They said, what about French kissing, right? Because then someone can say, kissing's too, too far. But another Christian will say, uh, oh, it's okay, just don't French kiss. Like I've seen some websites that say, kissing's okay, but don't French kiss. You guys know what French kissing is? Charles, can you demonstrate? <laughs> 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 
But, but you guys, you guys know what like French kissing is. Uh, it's with your with your tongue, okay? You guys don't. You know, I want us to talk about sex. I want us to talk about all these things. You know, one of the things I love about our group, we talk about sex all the time, and we don't. We all year. And as a Christian, you should celebrate that. You know, not, not, in, not in the way the world will celebrate it. You know, not in the type where it abuses people and it hurts people. But in a healthy way because God created it. You know, and I think a lot of the stuff that we learned today about sex and, and lust, it just creates a lot of guilt and a lot of fear in our lives. And I'm not saying that the grace message is all about you can do bad stuff, it'll just get rid of your guilt. No, I think that the more you understand grace, the more you're going to learn to love freely and without any condemnation. Uh, without any guilt, I'm trying to talk as slow as possible. Is is my is my pace okay? The way I'm talking, is it okay so far? Just let me know, okay? I really want to um, make sure I'm, I'm being clear. So when it comes to uh, how far is too far, here's my answer. Okay, and I, I'm not even saying this. I learned from any books, okay? Because a lot of the books that I read in preparation for this, I disagreed with a lot of it, but I also liked a lot of it. But here's my answer. It depends on you. And the answer, what I mean is, whenever you get intimate with a person, physically or emotionally, it always comes down to love. Are you loving a person? Because isn't it possible to kiss somebody out of pure lust? It's possible. Are you just doing it? You know, who cares about your girlfriend? I, I, want, I have a, a sexual need right now. Just meet my need. Is that healthy? Is that loving, girls? If your boyfriend just kisses you because he wants you to satisfy his needs only, no, he'd also be concerned about you. And I think if you're able to love, you're able to kiss, this is just me. So I'm not saying, Josh is saying kissing is good. I'm not saying any of that stuff is good or bad. The question really comes down to is just, is it love? Is it something that's respectful? Is it something that uh, your partner feels loved when you do it? Is it something that doesn't lead to some other things that might not be healthy for a relationship now? See, this might be even new, right? Just the way I'm describing some of my answers. Because, Well, what about sex? What about this? Folks, one of the things that we were talking about yesterday as a group, we were just hanging out, and uh, a lot of times people just want to follow something from the Bible. Don't do this, don't do that, you know, and all those things. But did you know that the Holy Spirit will guide you? Right? Do you, do you need the Bible to say, don't rape somebody, to know that rape is wrong? Do you, know, do you need the Bible to tell you that? Oh, now I know rape is bad. I shouldn't, you know, rape a girl because the Bible just says don't do that. No, how do you know rape is not good? Because you know it in your heart. The Holy Spirit is in you. And I think what a lot of Christians want to do, they just want to give you all these rules and guidelines. Don't do this, don't do that. But isn't it true that the more you hear, don't kiss the more you'll be like, ah, I want to kiss them now. You know? Isn't it true when you say, don't have sex, guys? You know? Or, or I'm just going to be blunt, okay? Or don't even masturbate, boys and girls. When you hear that, don't do that, then when you do it, you live with a lot of guilt and a lot of condemnation. Why? Because you failed God's standard. Right? Isn't that what we've been taught? Now remember, like I'm saying, I'm not saying masturbate. I'm not saying have sex with a bunch of people, all I'm saying is, you know your heart. You know when you're watching pornography that it's not good. Why? Because the Bible says so? No, because your heart says so. You know, someone was, we were even talking about like, what is pornography? 
Pornography is hard to define, but when you see it, you know it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Or no? <laughs> uh, so how far is too far? Follow love. What, what, what does your heart say? Is it, you know, because there are some people who they'll say, you know what, you shouldn't be doing that because you're going to lust. Wow, and they become so sin conscious, like they can't do anything. You know, and they, or they, they can't even hold hands because they'll just start lusting. If holding hands cause, causes you to do a lot of stupid things, and I, I, I guess don't hold hands. But it's really your call. And I think what a lot of Christians do today is that they make their convictions everybody else's conviction. Well, we don't do this, and this is the Christian way. No, man, everybody has their own maturity levels of wherever they're at. You know, so I'm not even saying follow my model of, of how Remy and I do our relationship. Uh, but follow your heart. If, if you want to wait till you're married for your first kiss, it's good. Um, if you feel comfortable enough to kiss your partner before you're married without any guilt, without any sense of like, this is bad, it might, it might be okay. It might be. It's really depending upon you. Now, like I said, I'm not trying to give you guys a license to do whatever you want. Like, guys are like, oh man, I'm just going to do whatever I want now. No, you know in your heart, what is love? I'm not making sense, folks, because like I'm not trying to complicate things. Remember, the Bible is not something just to, it's, it's all about don't, the Bible doesn't even say it's kissing back. Did you know that? So a lot of times we just don't want to kiss because we hear preachers say, don't do that. Wait till you're married until they're the one. And there's another question of the one that we could talk about later. So, uh, what's your name? Wilma. Wilma, my, my answer is, I'm not exactly just point out if it's good or bad. I'll just say, you follow your heart. And is it something that would be loving to your partner? Where if it doesn't lead you to do stupid things, it might be okay. You know, because sometimes if you do one step... Like some of you guys have been in relationships before. You know that when you do your first kiss, let's just say some of you has kissed before, you want to do a lot more after that. You get what I'm saying? So what the Bible does talk about is self-control. Are you able to control yourself? You know, but don't control yourself just because, oh, the Bible says I'm not supposed to do that. Don't do it. Control yourself because you know it's not loving if you take advantage of another person. You know, it makes it sound like I'm making the Bible sound bad. I'm not. I was telling a friend the other day that the Bible is not meant to tell you, don't do this, don't do that, and then you follow it. Because if you look at the Bible like that, you're treating Christianity like a religion. That the Bible is just a rule book. You know what the Bible does? When you read the scriptures, it'll confirm what's on your heart. Don't, don't commit sexual immorality because it's not loving. Don't rape people. Don't, don't do this. Don't do that. It's because you know in your heart those things are not good for you. You know, but you don't want to just like copy something. Oh, the Bible says, don't do that. You know, <laughs> you know, like I was telling this to the example with the girls the other day. I said, how would you like it? Imagine you, you, the girls, okay, I'll say it to the girls. Okay, let's just say you're married. And then I'll ask your husband, why don't you cheat on your wife right now? Because the Bible says, be the husband of both one wife and don't, you know, don't commit adultery. Girls, is that loving? Imagine your husband says, well, I will not cheat on my wife because the Bible says so. Is that loving? No. But imagine if he says, I will not cheat on Wilma because I love Wilma from my heart. That's better. Diba? Wow. <laughs> That's okay. You see, and a lot of Christians are afraid of following your heart. 
Okay, and the Bible, it's okay to follow your heart. You know, have you heard the, the, the people, when Christians say, don't follow your heart, because the heart is wicked and deceitful. Have you heard that? You know what? That's found in the Old Testament. That's found under the Old Covenant. Ate, do you share about grace here? Like the covenants and stuff. Like when you're under the Old Covenant, they didn't have the Holy Spirit indwelling inside every single believer at that time. So they had to meditate upon the law day and night. Because that's all they had was the law. Right? The five books of the Old Testament. You know, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. You know, like all those books. They didn't have the Spirit of God the way we do. But now you have the Spirit of God. So when you can look at a person, you can look at someone on the street and say, I don't need a Bible verse to tell me to help somebody out on the street. You, you have your heart to tell you, I feel compassion for them. That's why I give. Right? Imagine if you're in need of money and then I give you money, Wilma. And you say, oh, Pastor Josh, why did you give this to me? Oh, because I have to. The Bible says I have to give. I didn't want to give, but the Bible says I'm trying to be obedient here. <laughs> now, is that love? No. Same thing. You know, don't even call me Pastor Josh. Josh, why did you give me money? Because I wanted to give it to you. It's from my heart. I want to help you. You have the love of Christ in your heart, for goodness sake. When someone says, don't follow your heart because it's wicked and deceitful, I told you that's old covenant. That's under the law when they didn't have the Spirit of God. But because you have the Spirit of God now, isn't it interesting that we invite Jesus into our hearts, but we tell people, don't trust your heart? But yet you're inviting Jesus there to guide you and to teach you. And the Holy Spirit says that He will teach you all things. Your heart will never tell you to sin. Did you know that? Because when I tell people, follow your heart. But what if your heart tells you to sin? What if your heart tells you to have sex and take advantage of women? Your heart will never tell you to do that. You know what your heart will tell you? Your heart will tell you that's not good. <laughs> your heart is the one that will tell you that that's bad stuff. Don't mess with that because it will mess you up. Emotionally, and in just in a lot of different ways. Okay, is that making sense so far? So remember, that's just my answer. I'm not saying it's the best answer. But this is the first time it, I've been in a relationship where I've never felt so free to love somebody without all this guilt that I did as a young Christian. Or don't do this, don't do that. Oh man, okay, I can never do this. You know, always when you're in a room together, always have the door open. You know, like all these principles that we learn. Now, I'm not saying those things are bad, but behind those things are fear-driven ideas that don't do this, don't do that. When in reality, that's not freedom. Remember, the Christian life is supposed to be about being free. You have the good news, right? But imagine, you know, okay, guys, okay, I'm just going to be a typical guy here. Oh, uh, dude, when you see a girl, you want to do some stuff sometimes, right? You want to, you, why not be a playboy? Why not? Right when you think about it, why not, especially if you're guapo, why not take advantage of a bunch of girls, right? So imagine you could sleep around with a bunch of girls. Is that okay, my language? I'm just being very myself, okay? And all of a sudden you become a Christian. Okay, now you're a Christian. Don't do this, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. Is that does that sound like freedom? When the Bible talks about that when you are free, you are free indeed. See, when you have Jesus Christ, you guys, it's liberating, it's freeing. We're not saying go out and sin, but you have this gospel that will teach you how to love people instead of following just a book. That book is to point you to God. It's not God. Because God is in your heart. He tells you how to love people even before you read the book. It's just that when you read the book, you see it. Ah, that makes sense. Because I feel that in my heart. Okay, is that making sense a little bit? Okay, all right, next question. How can you uh, 
Okay, so how do you know whether it's love or lust? I think one of the best ways that I've learned to distinguish between the two is that love gives. Love gives. Lust, what? Takes. Lust is very selfish. Love is all about what? Serving other people. Okay, did you know there's nothing wrong? Uh, let me give you an example. Um, when I was younger, and I'll talk with some Christians. Now, okay, I'm sure some of you have seen some movies where they have some sexual scenes, okay? Now here, let me show, tell you the mentality of a typical Christian. Oh, you know, well, before we're married, we can't do any of that stuff. But after we're married, we could do anything because we're married. You know, we could do this sexual position, we can do this, okay? It's a, how old are you guys? How old are you guys? Are you, are you college? Yes. <laughs> You're six years old. Okay. Now, you guys know that, you know, when people have their sex lives, they, they do a lot of different things when they have sex, sexual intercourse, okay? Or you want to call it making love. Now, I'm telling you, the mind of a Christian is so, I think, confused. Because they think just because before you have the wedding ring on your finger, don't do any of that stuff. But when you have your wedding ring on your finger, you can do anything you want with your partner. That's not true. Do you know why? So, for example... How about love and lust? Don't you know that there are a lot of marriages of Christians that are horrible? You know that, right? You can know some uh, adults that are born-again believers, but their sex, their sex lives are horrible. Now, you probably don't want to ask your parents that, you know, that's just kind of weird. But, you know, you could just hear stories of people where, you know, me and my husband, we don't even have sex anymore, blah, 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 you know. It just, there's no sex life there. Now, what's my point? Because, for example, not everything you do in the bedroom is okay just because you're married. Imagine you start doing something sexual with your wife. Okay, guys, you do something with your wife, and she doesn't like it. Hey, but we're married. Anything's game. I can do whatever I want. But imagine it hurts her, whether it's physically, or it could bring back a horrible memory that she has as a child. Or she just doesn't like it. She finds it too weird. Would you still do it? But it makes you feel good. Now, what's lust again? It's all about yourself. It just takes. Well, who cares, honey? The Bible says submit to me. You see how we can take it out of context? Me, 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 me. You know what true love is? Okay, it's nothing wrong with getting satisfied because it's supposed to feel good. But you ask your partner, is it okay that we do that? Do you not like that? You don't like that? Okay, I'll stop. If you don't like that. Because love does what? Love gives. Love serves. You tell your honey, you know, your wife, do you like that? Do you like it when I kiss you like that? Because boys are girls too. When you put your tongue down their throat, some people don't like that. We're like, ew, it's gross, you know? It's like you, what's that? I know, I know, I know. <laughs> you know, it's always like, not all the way down. But you know what I'm saying? It's like you want to do something that the both of you agree that it's okay, right? So remember, he, he, you know, folks, this is how I know that love gives. Did Jesus come to be served? What does the Bible say? He came here to serve. Did you know that God serves you now? It's not about all about you serving God. You know you guys want to serve God, right? Don't you guys fail all the time? I know I do. So don't focus on that. When you really want to know true love, 
True love serves you. So God still serves you now. Oh, but Josh, that's weird. He's God. Don't you still get blessed every day? Don't you still have food put on the table? Don't you sin every day, but yet still something good can still happen to you? Because God is still serving you. And then when you get this realization of this God that is so good to you, oh, He loves me even though I messed up. That's what gets you to serve back. To give back. Because He's so good. Right? Oh, more people. All right, welcome. Yay! <laughs> My future spouse is... <laughs> I'm just joking. Where was I going? So your question, that was your question, right? Did, does that answer your question? Okay. Because remember, you know when we think of lust, folks? We think of like, especially for guys, oh, I thought of a naked girl. That's lust. <laughs> Hello. When you're married, isn't your wife going to be married in, uh, naked in bed? But what's the difference? Because now it's love. But when you're watching pornography, it's just, it's just selfishness. You're, you're, you're taking advantage of a woman that's just being used as something to fulfill your needs. But you don't care about that woman that's in a pornography film that's probably been sexually abused as a child. You know, she, you know, you know a lot of people that do pornography, a lot of them that were um, ex-porn stars, they became Christian and they talked about how after a porn, uh, they do pornography films, they throw up after. Uh, some of them have been really physically, they catch STD, sexually transmitted diseases. And that's why you don't have to know that pornography is bad just because a Christian tells you it's bad. You know in your heart that when you see someone having sex with a guy that she probably doesn't even know, and he's just taking advantage of her. Or even vice versa too. Because I'm not even putting on the blame on all the guys. You see, it's, it's love. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It's not proud. It's not rude or self-seeking. That's love. It's just very simple. <laughs> okay, so I hope that answers. So love gives. Lust is all about taking. Okay, so when you're in a relationship, make sure you're communicating with your partner of how to make sure that they feel loved. Okay? Make sense? Okay, next question. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay ba na makipag-date ka kahit na sabihin natin na hindi mo pa, hindi mo pa, hindi mo like yung guy? Is it okay to date? If... Wow. Somehow, parang okay naman. Kaya lang gusto ko pa siyang makilala. Oh, getting the opportunity to know. So you don't like him in the beginning? Kasi, ano, parang mostly What's that? What's that? You want to date, but you're thinking that. Okay, okay. Um, you guys got the question, is it okay to date if you don't really know them? <laughs> now, look, look, think about it this way. Um, that's why I don't want to give you, this is the right way, this is the wrong way. Because if I just say, no. It'll, it'll really mess with a lot of people's stories that did it a different way. For example, me and Remy. 
We've only known each other for two weeks. And then we got together. Did I know her? A little bit. We saw each other almost every day because she was upset. <laughs> I love you. I'm just joking. I liked her a lot. I wanted to see her every day. <laughs> okay, no, I'm just joking. No, I mean, I wanted to see her every day, but I hardly knew her at that time. Now, some of the books that I read, they say six months is not even enough. They say, not, they say take at least a year. But did you know that there are some couples that they met on the first date and then they proposed engagement? Did you know stories like that? Because I do. And did you know that they're still happily married today? Now, I'm not saying that that's the right way, but I'm saying that every story is different. You know, like I said, some people can know each other for years. Then they get together in a relationship and then their, their marriage ends in divorce later on in the future. Right? So let me, let me answer it like this in a different way. Is dating bad? Do you need to kiss dating goodbye? Okay, have you heard that phrase before? You kiss dating goodbye. Now, I'm not going to knock down Joshua Harris's book completely. I'm just going to share my views on dating. The Bible says nothing about dating. That's how a lot of Christians argue. Oh, the dating is not in the Bible. Okay, big deal. So what? Neither are altar calls. Okay? You know, even the word rapture is not in the Bible. Big deal. But we believe in the rapture. You know, the word Bible is not in the Bible. But you believe in the Bible. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Now think about this, folks. Dating is not in the Bible. Because what is dating? Dating is just a social activity that you do between people. Is that a bad thing? A social activity? You hang out? No. Now, here's what the Bible does talk about. It doesn't talk about dating. But what it does talk about are people that are growing spiritually, people that are honest, people that are loving. And so dating is not an issue. Because a lot of people think, I kissed dating goodbye because, you know, it ended up in heartbreak or we had sex and then we ended up breaking up and he didn't commit to me and blah, 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 blah. So therefore, dating's bad. Okay, I'm not accusing Joshua Harris. I'm just saying a lot of people think like this. Right, you guys get what I'm saying so far? Oh, dating's bad because it led to heart, heartbreak and heartache and this and that and etc. Dating is not the problem. You know what the problem is when dating doesn't work? It's you. It's me. It's the people that's involved in the dating process. Now, would I recommend dating for everybody? No. I would not recommend dating to like little kids. Teenagers, so should I say no to teenagers? I'd say... It depends, but it really depends on the maturity. Because dating should only happen, I think, between two responsible people that are willing to love another person. Because you guys know that have been in a relationship, it's not about you anymore. Right? You have to think about the other person. And a lot of times people don't want to get into relationships or they don't want to get married. You know why? Because they're selfish. Or they just want to be single, which is not a bad thing. But just some other reasons why is because they're just selfish people. But dating could be a wonderful thing. Right? So, Remy, I'm still getting to know Remy. And we've only been together for a year. Our first year anniversary is this month, March 27th. Did you know that I'm going to spend the rest of my life knowing her and still getting to know her? And maybe 10 years from now, like, oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They think you have to know every single thing before you make some sort of commitment. Now, get to know them. Get to know the person, of course. You, wanna, you, don't, you know, don't want to get with someone that's just a stranger. But dating is not the issue. It's not even courtship. I've known people that have courted for years, for like seven years, and they ended up in breakup. Because it's not about dating, it's not about courtship, it's about two people that are responsible enough 
to know that they can grow together honestly, lovingly, learning to trust each other, and those things. Is that making sense so far? So dating is not a bad thing. So, you know, one thing, okay, let's just say you meet a guy that's not as guapo in the beginning. But you get to know him, and you fall in love with his heart. It's like that. Now, for the girls, I'm going to give a little challenge to the girls a little bit. None of this stuff about, he'll love me for who I am, I don't need to dress up. Yes, you do. <laughs> do you know why? Because guys are initially, attra initially attracted to the physical. Is that a bad thing? No. It's only not good if he only loves you purely just for the physical. Guy, girls are initially attracted to guys' personality, just a lot. Yeah, maybe this is just me making it up. But girls, can you agree? Okay, some girls, they like them because, oh, he's cute. But really, you like to get to know a guy. You're not already eager to sleep, in, sleep with him already. You know, usually it's not. Usually you're just attracted to him because of his personality. He has a sense of humor. And for guys, we're usually, usually attracted to the physical. Just for a lot of guys, not everybody. And, but once they get to know the girl, did you know girls that even if they find... Uh, guys will find one girl not attractive. Did you know that there are people who they start hanging out with a girl that they didn't even find initially attracted to? They start to like the girl. Why? Because they start spending time with them. And they start getting to know the heart because ultimately, folks, it's not about the looks. But when we're young, let's make the most of it, right? You appreciate people's looks. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, and, and, and if a guy can look straight into a girl's heart without the looks, that's a good thing. But I'm just speaking girls in general. A lot of guys were attracted to the looks where it's like, she's cute. And then they want to get to know her. And then they fall in love with the heart. Okay, because you know how I know it's ultimately not about the looks? Because when you get older and more, you know, and, and more wrinkles on your face, it's not about looks anymore. They fell in love with your heart. You see? So, you know, don't get too caught up with the looks. Don't get, but, but there's nothing wrong with dressing up once in a while. Because that's how, like I said, that's what attracts guys usually at first. Okay, so I, hopefully I didn't offend the girls. <laughs> no way. Well, I still love you who I am. I'm a diva. <laughs> but does that make sense a little bit? So guys, of course, you get attracted to a girl, but ultimately a lot of the girls that are so into their looks, you know, a lot of it could just be very, they're very superficial and they're very shallow girls <laughs> who are only into their looks. Okay, and you know what? Girls attract a lot of guys. Confidence. Did you know you won't even be that attractive to a lot of guys, but if you have self-confidence, that's what really attracts guys, honestly. Because deep down, a guy does not want a girl that's just giving him sex all the time. Really, that could just be for fun, but really, a deep down, a guy would not want to be in a relationship with a girl that just is very easy. You know why? Because he could just go for the next girl and another girl. But you know what? Guys like the chase. So in a way, girls, play hard to get a little bit. Don't give in so easily. Okay? What, don't be jerks. But I'm just saying, it's like, don't just give in so easily. Let the, let the guy prove that he really likes you. This is my personal opinion. Some people may disagree. If a guy really likes a girl, and he just gives up, he doesn't really like the girl. Let a guy pursue you. Let's just say you shut him down. Ah, no, no, I'm not free on Friday. You're like, ah, then... A guy craves what he can't have. Did you know that? So he'd be like, oh, okay, let me try another thing. Let me ask her on another day. You keep letting him pursue you. Because then when you see how much he pursues you, then you know this guy is really serious about wanting to know you. 
I don't know. He's not there just to try to get into your pants or something. Okay, he, he wants to know you. Usually, I'm just saying. Okay, so don't, don't be so easy to give in. Don't be so easy to just kiss. Don't be so easy to just sleep with a guy. Don't just be so easy, easily give in to just tell him all of your problems. You know, let, let, him, let him fight for you a bit. Let's have some chivalry here. You know, let the guys have some respect. You know, that a girl's heart should be won. Okay? At least I'm kind of old school in that sense. Um, and, I, and I think it's good for a girl to say, wow, this guy is not giving up. Don't, don't, not, don't let him stalk you like the way Oliver stalks me. <laughs> if the guy is stalking you, that's a problem. But you, you know what I mean. If a guy is persistent. Okay? Now, guys, if the guy is pursuing a girl and she keeps saying no, don't give up. You know what I learned? Girls like, even though they're not attracted to you, they say, oh no, he's it. So why'd you fall for him? Because he's persistent. Did you know that? I've spoken to a lot of my girlfriends in the States, and they tell me their stories of how they got together. I said, did you know I didn't like him before? I said, so why did you get with him? Because he was so persistent. He didn't give up. Now, this is just a joke between me and the boys. We talk about it sometimes. That when you're pursuing a girl, <laughs> it's kind of like a tree. You keep chopping down the tree. Because eventually what happens to the tree? It goes down. <laughs> okay. Not every time, but you guys don't give up on the first try. Just because she says no the first time, if you really like her, just keep going. It's okay. But do it in a non-creepy way. <laughs> non-creepy way, okay? Do it in a tasteful way, okay? So like, okay, I don't know if that answers your, your dating question. Um, I think dating is could, could be good. Why? Because when you're in a dating relationship, you get to learn about the opposite sex. You get to learn about yourself. You get to learn about some issues that you need to deal with, some insecurity issues. You guys know what I'm saying? Because here's the problem, folks, that I started to notice within Christianity, is that we've told so many young people not to date, so they don't have spent time with you know, the opposite sex. Don't have coffee with someone of the opposite sex you know, because it can lead to, uh, what do you call that? Uh, like this emotional attachment or something like that. And, you know, it's like you, you can never be one-on-one -on -one with somebody in a coffee shop. You know, because someone might think something. There's my opinion. Just lighten up. Lighten up. If you're in a public place, why not? I'm not saying, you know, of course I wouldn't encourage you going, being one-on-one -on -one in a very dark place or in a bedroom. I'm not saying that, but, but because just lighten up. You know, non-believers can look at Christians and say, man, you Christians are pretty uptight. You can't even talk to a girl. You know, because the problem is that if you tell them so much that you cannot be one-on-one -on -one with a person in the public unless they're the one or you're courting them, did you know that you probably didn't even develop a lot of social skills then? So when you finally get into a relationship, you don't even know how to deal with the opposite sex? It's good to deal with the opposite sex. Just do it in a safe environment. Go to a coffee shop. Hang out in groups, it's fine. But, but learn, I'm telling you, a lot of times where we're so secluded from the opposite sex, you do not know how to relate to the opposite sex once you get, have a boyfriend. You'll be like, why are you doing this? Because you didn't know how to have a social life before. Okay? Sorry, this is very non-traditional Filipino. <laughs> you know, um, I'm, not, I'm not just speaking as an American, because even a lot of the stuff that I'm saying would go against a lot of Americans. You know, stuff. Okay, so I hope that answers your question. Okay, what else? I want to hear from the guys, man. I haven't heard from the guys. Okay, but anymore. My question is. What's your name? Mark. Mark. Okay. My question is, 
Is it really a sin that I will be in a relationship with a non-Christian girl? Okay. What if uh, in the present I am? Okay. In that, uh, in that, I know. <laughs> what if, what, uh, what, what can you, what can, what advice can you give to me about this? Okay, okay. Should I break her or should I go for her? <laughs> okay, okay. Now, usually, you guys know that whole thing. Um, uh, you shouldn't, you shouldn't date a non-Christian. That's what they say, right? So they use verses like in Second Corinthians chapter six: "Do not what be unequally yoked." Now, that has nothing to do with a romantic relationships. That's just talking about relationships in general, about not being unequally yoked. Why? It's just by it's for practical reasons. Um, now, remember, you don't want to just not do something just because it's a sin. The Bible says it's a sin. No, you know in your heart whether or not it's just good or not. Folks, I'm really just, you know what I'm saying? Let's just say you're in a relationship now. You would notice signs and say, this is not a healthy relationship. Whether or not someone says it's a sin. Right? There's a verse in the Bible, I think it's in my God. God says uh, that marry an unbeliever and when you do, I will show to her my unconditional love. I, I don't remember what... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that story. That was just an example. But those are just rare, rare cases though. But I mean, the reason why they talk about do not be unequally yoked, I don't know if you guys know what a yoke is. What happens with a yoke is that you get two oxen and there's a wooden bar that's placed around both of the oxen's neck. And so what they, you do is that you put them around their necks side to side and then they plow the field in a straight line. So what happens if they're not equally yoked? They will start going in circles. And they won't be plowing in a straight line. What does that mean? The Bible is giving a metaphor that you and another person could be going in a completely different direction. So it's just being practical here. Now, what I recommend, say, just dating a non-believer. I don't, I don't even want to just say, don't date a non-believer. I'm just saying, it just makes common sense. My life is all about, I want to know the Lord Jesus Christ. If He's really my life. Right? The Bible talks about Jesus Christ being your life. And then here you have a non-believer saying, I don't care about your God. Just practically, how does that work out? Or imagine you have someone, you know, you're a type that goes to church and you're committed to, you know, doing those religious things. And then you have a partner that says, I don't care about any of that stuff. It just, practically speaking, it just doesn't make, it's hard to be compatible in that sense. Uh, but like I said, I, I, I think it would just make more sense to be with someone that has the same values as you, the same heart as you, uh, similar goals. That doesn't mean that you have to have the same career. But it just, practically speaking, it makes sense to be with someone of the same faith. It just makes more sense, you know. And uh, that story in the Old Testament was just showing, it was just an example of showing God's unconditional love. You know, it wasn't something to follow as an example. You know, just like you don't want to say, well, Abraham was going to sacrifice his son, so why shouldn't I? You know, those are just stories that we're not meant to emulate or imitate. Those are just stories to prove points that God loves you even if you cheat on Him. Right? Okay, so when it comes to believers and non-believers, folks, it's just practically speaking, it just makes more sense to be with someone of the same heart, of the same faith, that one, you know, here's my girl, okay, she's my girl. She supports me when I do my speaking. She does the camera. You know, she's like, oh, I don't, I don't care. No. But it's like, she, she supports in what I believe. And to me, that means a lot. So, bro, let's just say you're a worship leader or something, and you have your girl saying, I support you all the way as a worship leader. And I worship the same God that you serve. 
There's something empowering to that. Okay, because when two become one flesh, you're one flesh with someone that has the same heart, and your heart is Jesus Christ, right? You know? So that's just how I'd answer the question. Okay? Oh, my, my girl's crying. Mahal <laughs> kita. Okay, good question. Okay, anyone else? Finally, the question. Finally. Okay. How do you know who the right one is? Now, listen up, folks. I'm going to destroy <laughs> a lot of your mentalities about the one. You guys ready? There's no such thing. Father goes, oh! <laughs> what do I mean? I think the whole idea of the one that there's this perfect half, this other half of you that exists somewhere out there in the world. God created him just for me. There's just one. Or God created her just for me. There's only, folks, imagine this, okay? There's only one out of all the millions and millions of people all around the world or in the Philippines. There's only one person, only one, that was designed just for you. Imagine. You know what that's called? That's called an illusion. That's called living in a fantasy world. Why? It wouldn't even make sense. You know why? Let's just say you marry the one. Okay? You have this mentality of the one. Then all of a sudden, God forbid, they get sick and they die. And then you remarry. What happens? There's the two. Okay? So is there really such thing as the one? Aren't there Christians? It's okay to remarry. Especially the Bible even says that it's okay to remarry in case of death or unfor uh, unfaithfulness or something like that. You guys get what I'm saying? Just the logic of that? Now, I think the reason why we have this idea of the one is because it comforts us in times of longings of wanting to be romantic or in tough times of being in a relationship or something like that. Um, let me give you just a practical way. Because folks, I'm telling you, Christians, are they make things too hyper-spiritual or super-spiritual where they're not using their head sometimes. That's Christians. We make things too spiritual. For example, why did you marry this person? Because God told me that they're the one for me. <laughs> Imagine if someone says, Oh, why'd you guys marry each other? Because they're the one. I heard they're the one. I felt it in my heart or something like that. You know, we have all these reasons that God told me. Isn't it funny? Someone would say, God told me that we're supposed to be together. Okay? Guys have done that, you know. <laughs> I remember uh, one of my best friends in the States, he's a pastor. You know, when you're a pastor, sometimes the girls go, <laughs> and one of the girls, I don't know if it was the worship team, or said, you know, pastor, I had a dream that we were married. And the pastor's like, I didn't have that dream, you know. And they use all these like spiritual reasons as if God told them. God told me you're the one. Now, I believe God speaks. I'm very big on the prophetic and spiritual gifts, but I think sometimes people abuse that. God told me you're the one. You know why? Because the same God that tells you they're the one is also the same God that all of a sudden tells you that they're not the one that you need to break up. Who's confused, God or you? Or I remember I was speaking with a pastor, and it makes me wonder sometimes of some Christians, like, they have a hard time hearing God's voice. Would they finally get in a relationship? Or they want to date a girl. Oh, I prayed about it, pastor. And uh, I, God said that they're the one. Oh, that's so interesting. Your whole life, you always tell me you never hear God. All of a sudden, you hear God now. <laughs> now, is that, is that possible? Yeah. But isn't it true sometimes, guys, that we could just make it up? 
because we're just following our emotion just because we want we want something now and we're using spiritual christian christianese christian reasons to support our belief now there's not the one at least i don't think so you know what i believe there is the ones if you focus so much on just the one you're going to miss out on all the potential ones that are around you you're looking for the perfect mate. There's no one perfect, for goodness sake, except me. Like, I'm waiting for you to laugh. <laughs> I was waiting, I'm like, are you guys listening? Okay. Right? Now, one of my favorite, one of my favorite stories was found in a book by Donald Miller that I, I, I feel like really summed it up for me. Donald Miller was a guy that wrote Blue Like Jazz. It's a popular book. But this wasn't found in Blue Like Jazz. It was found in, in his other book. He was interviewing a woman who wrote a book called Angry Conversations with God. And in front of a big crowd, her, her husband was in the audience, I think. Donald Miller asked the woman, do you believe that there's, there's the, the, you know, the one? And she straight up said, essentially, no. Right in front of her husband. She's already married. And this is what's so profound. And it's, this is probably one of the most insightful things I learned about the one. Here's her answer why she doesn't believe there's the one. She said, because I came to realize that my husband is just a guy. He's just a guy that he cannot solve all of my problems. And when I came to realize that he's just a guy, I was free to love him as just a guy. And when my husband realized that I was just a girl, that I couldn't take away all of his problems because I was just a girl, he became free to love me just as a girl. And then she realized that, how do you know when someone's the one? Is that if you could just imagine someone as a partner for life, through life's conflicts, through ups and downs, I'd say that they're a pretty good candidate that they're the one. If you could imagine a good friend right now going through hell with you, through life's ups and downs, they're a pretty good candidate that they're the one. Because I would not recommend a relationship with someone where you can't be good friends with. Folks, you just, oh wow, he's cute, or she's pretty, let's get together, you know. It could work out, but I'm saying the health, I think a healthy way approach, be friends first. And then when you can see this person, wow, you know, this person sees me as I am. They see all the crap. You know, they see me without makeup, <laughs> something like that, you know. And they see you when, you when you have your weak moments. They're a pretty good candidate to be the one. So there are many candidates of the one. It's not just the one. Because like I said, God, are they the one? Are they the one? You know, when I got with Remy, I never even questioned, God, is she the one? Before her, when I was like thinking of other girls in the past, Remy's like, he thought of other girls? In the past, when I would think, I'm like, God, is she the one? Is she the one? You know how complicated that is? So you're just waiting for her voice. She's the one, my son. Okay. <laughs> And imagine she's not even that nice, you know, or she's not even pretty, you know what I'm saying? It's like we just base it upon like you might have heard something. No, just, just follow your heart. You, you know, you, you just look at this girl or this guy that's in front of you and say, you know what? I love this person. She's a good friend. And I want to marry her. Or I want to marry him. Because they've shown me that they could be a good friend. That it's not all that superficial stuff of just going on dates. And, you know, just putting on all the makeup. They've seen the real me. I think that's a good candidate for the one. So in that whole, you know, the one one, I don't think so. I think there's many the ones. You choose. 
okay? And God is not the type to just control your... The wonderful thing, thing about love is God gives you the freedom to choose. Just like you had the opportunity to choose Him or to not choose God. God says, okay, here's all these people in front of you. You know what's so powerful, you guys, about this God? That this God is so trusting with you that you can make the right choice to choose who to love. Because there's no such thing as falling in love where you can't control it. I don't deny that you get attracted to people, that it's kind of hard to control that. You just have certain purpose. But you can choose to love people and to have a relationship with them. Diba? So when you have these, let's just say some of you have several options. Oh, is she the one for me? Or is he the one for me? All you have to ask yourself is, do I want to love this person for the rest of my life? Can I see myself? Then let's give it a try. Let's give it a shot. Because folks, you don't have to know 100% how all these Christian books and authors or pastors say, no, you need to know 100% without a shadow of a doubt that they're the one. Man, you know there are people, they still don't even know if they're the one, even when they're married. You have the choice every single day to tell yourself, I'm still going to stay committed to this person because I choose to, because I want to. Marriage is not a prison, folks. Marriage, people, Christians make marriage a prison. What's your marriage? There's no turning back. That's called a prison, man. The beautiful thing about marriage is I don't want to turn back because I found the person that I want to be with, for goodness sake. But once you put that ring, there's no divorce, there's no separation. You see how they treat it like it's like scary, man. Yeah, marriage is tough. But when you found someone that you love, you can work anything. All things are possible when, when these two people believe together that God is with you. Right? Sorry to burst your bubble. <laughs> if you want to still hold your beliefs about the one, go ahead. I just personally find it very unrealistic. I do. That's why I can look at some non-Christian relationships that have very healthy marriages more than Christian marriages. Honestly, I've seen some. Like my friends' parents are not believers. I see the husband loving the wife more than I've seen a lot of Christian men love their wives. A lot of Christian men are more uh, dumb, you know, controlling. Submit to me because the Bible says so. Have sex with me because you're supposed to do whatever I want. Submit to me as... Man, guys, a lot of Christian men have ego trips. They're very chauvinistic pigs. Not all of them. But I'm saying we could abuse the Bible and it could abuse what, we really, what it really means. You know what the Bible says? That when you love your wife, you love your wife as Christ loves the church. It was submit to your wives, the Bible says. But hello, look at the verse before. It says, submit to one another. So you husband, you submit to your wife too. A lot of people don't point that out. So it's not just submit, submit, submit to me. No, no, no. You love your wife as Christ loved the church. I bet you the more you love your wife, your wife would want to submit to you. Because you're loving her. Not because you, she just has to follow a command. You guys get what I'm saying, man? Okay? I'm acting like I'm an exp expert in marriage. I'm not even married yet. <laughs> okay? I'm making all this stuff up as I go along. <laughs> Anybody else? Anybody else? I, um, the one that asked that one question, does that help? Does that help though a little bit? Just find out. Who, who's good to go through life's conflicts? Okay? Okay, anyone, anyone else? Any questions? Give him the mic. Masaya at Astig Pag Purple. Louis told me, or I'm trying to that it's not my question, it's from Louis. A friend of mine asked, this is another friend's question. What if the couple loves each other, but the girl's parents doesn't like the guy? So what should the guy do? The parents don't like the guy? Yeah. 
uh, two of my close friends. Uh, one of them lived a life that was probably not the best when it comes to like uh, sexuality. And, um, you know, he lived like a chick boy. He's chick boy. He's Philam, Filipino American. And one of our close girlfriends um, is with this guy now. And one of the most powerful things that this girl did to help this guy who had a crazy past was to never bring it up again. Was to never use it against him again. Now, if he keeps doing it, I could understand that's unhealthy. But if he stopped and he genuinely changed, and it's just our issue of remembering, then we have some issues that we're just being, we're, we're holding on to bitterness. So I don't deny it, sometimes it's hard. You know, you get out past memories like, but he did this. That's between you, okay? If you can live with it, stay with him. If you can't live with it, then break up. Because you don't want to be in a bitter relationship the rest of your life. But if you can deal with it, learn to forgive. Especially if he stopped. Whatever it is. I don't know. If it's infidelity, I don't know. So the person just needs to come to terms and say, you know what? I need to learn how to forgive this person if this person stopped. Because God, you know, I don't even want to just say God calls you to forgive. You've been forgiven. God never brings up your past. Never. And so if we have been forgiven much, we too can love much and forgive much. One of the things with, uh, with Remy when we first got together, what I love about Remy is that she doesn't bring up my junk. There are times where I'll do something and I'm like, ah, oh, crap, I did that before. And she could bring it up and say, you did that before. But she won't even bring it up. But I know she knows. Like she noticed that I did something that I did before, you know. And she doesn't bring it up. And the fact that she knows that makes me love her more. Because I'm like, wow, she's not even using it again. Because I know what I did wrong. But she doesn't even bring it up. Because she learned to forgive. And I'm not, I'm not saying don't address issues if it's a constant problem. You know, if your guy's doing something, bring it up. You know, but if it's not a problem anymore, learn to drop it. Of course, it depends on the situation. Okay, I'm just speaking in general terms because I don't know the situation. But if, if it's something not that big, then just learn, find it in your heart to forgive if you can. So I'm not just saying forgive. You know what I would just say? Learn God's heart of forgiveness. I think forgiveness will just flow. There's a better way to put it. Focus on how much you've been forgiven. Just watch. Don't even think about, how could I forgive him? How could I forgive him? How could you forgive someone that has really, really hurt you? Diba? Imagine, you can't tell someone, you need to learn to forgive because the Bible says forgive. What if they murdered your family member? Right? But as Christians are just giving these answers. Forgive, the Bible says forgive. No. You know how a person forgives? When the person has come in his own experience to know the forgiveness of God himself. And when you've learned the forgiveness of God yourself, it's easier to forgive. So don't focus on trying to forgive that person. Just think about how much you've been forgiven yourself. I think it wouldn't be as hard. She's like, I hate that answer. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I don't know. That's my answer. I hope it helps. Okay. I hope it helps. Do you, do you guys believe in soulmates? You guys heard of that before? Like, I want to marry a soulmate. Here's another thing to think about. Uh, soulmates are not just in the romantic sense. Soulmates could also be in the same sex, same gender. You know what a soulmate is? A soulmate is just a person that you have a really deep connection with. And the good thing is that you want to eventually marry someone with a soulmate. That's why you guys, 
<clears throat> Sometimes you have a best friend that's a guy. There's a connection. That's a soulmate. He's a brother. It's called like a brotherhood. You know? But then you have someone of the opposite sex. That's a soulmate. There's a, there's a good connection there. There's a deep connection there. Those are the types of people you could consider as being the one, quote-unquote. But remember, I would really recommend that just because someone's nice to you, just because you have the same hobbies, just because you're Christian, it doesn't mean that that's the person you need to get with. What you really need is, even though this is not a biblical term, chemistry. Either you have it or you don't. If you don't have it, good luck. But chemistry is something very mysterious. Right? That there's this connection with this person. You're like, wow, I'm really connecting with this person. Take value in that. There's a possibility that that might be someone you might want to pursue. Remember, so soulmates are not just the same or opposite sex. It could also be find out who your best brother is, your best sister. And then realize that you can marry your, a potential soulmate who's the opposite sex. Okay? Make sense? Yeah? What else? Do you remember the time when Isa and Rebecca got yeah. married? Yeah. And the circle of Abraham. Uh-huh. You meet them at the well. Yeah, and he prayed for a sign that yeah. this girl would give me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah something like that. And yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, in this time, can we also rely on signs? For example, I pray to God, Lord, if this girl will give me an age. Yeah. She will be my God, she will be the person. Yeah. If she buys you a cake, you probably should marry her. <laughs> if it's a big cake. Now, um, now, because you... Okay, let's just say you get that sign. Because all things are possible with the Lord. Right? So you can't say that does not apply today. God is still the same today. But I don't, want, I don't want to encourage people to depend too heavily upon a sign. We're under a new covenant now. Where we have your heart. Okay, now remember... Uh, Isaac and Rebecca, that story, they were still under a different covenant. They didn't have the Spirit of God the way we do in that covenant. Right? Didn't you even notice in the New Testament when they found another disciple, they casted lots? When you guys make leaders at church, do you cast lots? No, but that was right before the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost. So you don't see them casting lots anymore in the New Testament. You guys get what I'm saying? So yeah, there are certain ways that God spoke to His people in the Old Testament, but those aren't always the ways that we want to apply under the New Covenant, which is a covenant of grace. Where He is now in your heart, guiding you and teaching you. Now, can that happen today? I believe it's possible. But, like, you, for example, what if I just say, here's a typical Christian answer. How do you know when they're the one? You'll just know. Well, thanks a lot for that answer. That doesn't really help. Much. You know what that depends upon? Intuition. Now, is intuition a bad thing? No. So, I'm not against science. I'm not against intuition. But I would say also have an objective basis for why this person would be a potential partner for life. Because imagine if you say, uh, let's just say this guy's a jerk to you. Or this girl's a jerk to you. Or she's not faithful to you. But you say, God, can you give me a sign that she's the one? But she's cheating on you. But you got the sign. What do you believe then? The sign? Oh, but she's cheating on you. You know, let's not be blinded by these things. So yeah, I'm not against intuition. I'm actually not even against science. I don't think there are times where we feel like we need one. I think God kind of is sensitive to that. But at the same time, you have your mind. Don't, don't, don't neglect your mind. We have common sense. Remember, as Christians, we can look stupid. Because, oh, because uh, I heard a voice say, should there be one? You probably made that up. Maybe. Maybe. You might have heard God. 
So I'd say you could ask for a sign, you could have intuition, but also have an objective basis saying, you know, this person might be good for me because she has character. There's chemistry. There's a deep connection. She's beautiful to me, etc. Does that make sense, Mark? It helps? Okay. Right. So, what else? You guys, especially, I don't even say especially girls. If you notice in a relationship that he's lying to you, I would encourage you guys just break it off immediately. If you notice a constant lying in your relationship, deceit is the worst thing in a relationship. You know what the, the key to relationship is? Trust. If there's no trust at all, there's no relationship at all. So if you notice that your boyfriend or your girlfriend is being bustos and they're going around cheating on you, you know, we got a phone call today. <laughs> Can I share this? Uh, Remy, okay, so we're trying to get her papers over. So she tried texting somebody and she ended up getting the wrong number. You know, that happens. So the lady texts back or called back and says, who's this? And he's like, this is Remy. You know, we thought that you're so-and-so. And so they thought that Remy was another woman in her life, her husband's life. So when I was on, she kept calling at the restaurant earlier saying, who is this? Blah, blah, blah. Are you, I'll say the name because we don't even know this. Are you Leah? Are you Leah? She says, no, this is Remy. She says, you got the wrong number. Because she's a married woman on the other phone, on the other side of the phone. So I picked up the phone on the way on the MRT because she called Remy again. I said, give me the phone this time. So she called, me, she called Remy's phone and I picked up the phone while I was in the MRT. I said, who's this? Who are you? She's like that. I said, who are you? Who are you? She's like that. And I'm a man though. It's weird. She should get mad if it's a girl. And she says, Where, give me the phone. Give, give the phone to Leia. Give me the phone to Leia. I said, there's no Leia here. I said, you have some trust issues with your husband that you need to deal with. You see what I'm saying? You know how it's sad when there's the moment you notice something, when there's a lack of trust in a relationship, that's not a healthy relationship. Okay? So I would encourage you guys, don't, if you notice signs of a boy or girl cheating on you, I would encourage you guys, don't stay in relationships like that. It's not worth it. Even if he's the best smooth talker in the world, that's probably why he gets a lot of girls. Be careful of smooth talkers. Okay? Okay, let me, let me throw something out for you. This is one of the most important ones that helped my relationship and a lot of people because this was my mentality before. For those of you who are not in a relationship now, how many of you are afraid that once you get into a relationship, you're going to love your partner more than your, than your God? How many of you have thought that way? I, I did. Raise up hands. I'm just curious. Before. Okay. Even, yeah, just even a couple years ago, not even too long ago, I was really afraid. I even told people, I am so afraid of my next girlfriend because I've committed so many years to ministry. I was in the ministry since I was 17 years old, serving, didn't have relationships. My biggest fear is that once I get a girl, I'm going to go to church only because I just want to see the girl. You know, or I'm in worship team, you know, you're all I want. <laughs> you're all I ever need. And I love you, you know. And you start, you know, <laughs> you start losing focus of God. So my biggest fear, and I think a lot of Christians, is that once you get in a relationship, you're going to love your, your boyfriend or your girlfriend more than God, okay? You guys want me to address this? You know what God thinks? He doesn't care that. He doesn't think about that at all. God is not ever going to ask you, Mark, do you love me more? Than her, I'm your God. 
Same thing. God will not look at you, girls, and say, who do you love more? Me or him? I'm God. I'm supposed to be number one. Don't you notice, you guys, we learn in church? Okay, sorry if we were taught this, okay? We're ta- taught you need to put God number one. Says who? Says who? Now, let me clear this up for you. God is not fighting to be number one. God is not wanting to be like on a list. Because this is how I've been taught in the church. This is really, this is how I've been taught. Okay, you guys, especially the young people who are taught. You put God first. Second, family. Then, friends. Then, you. You're last. Because you don't want to be selfish. Right? Okay? Does somebody give perspective? This is just my perspective. God does not want to be treated like a list. Okay, I'm now, now I'm back on number one. Yeah! <laughs> it's not like that. God is more like a circle. Just think of a circle, okay? Imagine God in the center of the circle. God's not fighting to be number one. God is in the center of that circle because that represents your entire life. Where He will be involved in every single aspect of your life. Whether you eat or you drink, it's all for the glory of God. When you play basketball, I was telling, sharing grace to my friend the other day. He was feeling guilty because he was wondering if he was making basketball an idol. I said, bro, did you know that God loves it when He sees you enjoy basketball? Just like any good father would enjoy his son, enjoying a hobby that makes him happy. You guys, God is not a jerk. You know, God is not insecure. Who do you love more? Me or him? Me or him? Me or him? Put me back on the list. God is not insecure. God is very confident with himself. Okay, let me... But, but Josh, the Bible said God's a jealous God. Zealous! <laughs> Zealous, see Lord. How do you say it? I don't know how to say it. Okay? Is God a jealous God? Yeah. But let me tell you the jealous God from a grace perspective. Okay, you guys like grace, right? Grace liberates. If a father loves his daughter, and then the daughter brings home a man that she wants to date and pursue, the father will immediately become jealous. Why? But imagine, I love my daughter. So I'm looking at my daughter, and I become jealous of my daughter when I see her with this man. But, here's the difference, folks. Let this liberate you. God is not jealous, or the Father is not jealous on His behalf. Listen. When the Father sees a daughter with another man, the Father is not jealous on His behalf. He is jealous on her behalf. What do I mean? The Father is jealous on behalf of the daughter because He wants to know if this man that wants a court, his daughter, loves her just as much as he does. That's the way God is jealous for you. Like I said, God is not in competition with your boyfriend. God is very secure. God is still God. But when He sees you in a relationship with another person, He wants you to know that He loves you so much that He hopes that that person loves you the same. Why? Because He wants you to be happy. Doesn't that make sense? It's common sense, man. Right? 
So yes, God is jealous, but when the Bible talks about God being jealous or the Holy Spirit being envious, it's always within the context of love. It's not a selfish jealousy. She's mine! Stay away from her! God loves you, okay? And He wants you to be happy. So remember, God is not jealous on His, be- you know, His behalf. He's jealous on your behalf. He wants you to be loved and taken care of by the person that's coming into your life. Right? Because like when, I, when my sister got a boyfriend, in my head I'm like, this guy better love my sister, man, because if not, dude, this guy's going <laughs> to... You know what I'm saying? This even has a jealous brother. You know, I'm not in competition. You know, Ate, who do you love more, me or him? It's like, ew, I'm your brother, you know. You know, your sister, it's, like, it's not like that. It's just like I'm jealous in a sense because I want to make sure that this guy will take care of my sister. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Does that liberate you guys? Does it, you guys, God is so much for you. God is so for you. Unlike what we've been taught today in the Christian church where God is a selfish God, where I'm God, I'm number one. You know, you wake up in the morning and you worship me even though you don't feel like it. Oh man, that's a selfish God. God is not a selfish God. Did you know that? Did you know that if you go to church and there are times when you're singing worship and you don't feel like it? Okay, I, you know, I don't, hopefully I don't get in trouble for this. Okay, worship team, understand that there are times we're just pagod. And did you know that God can look at your heart even though you're physically tired and you don't feel like singing? But He looks at your heart and says, Wilma, I still love you. Because I see your heart. You're a little bit tired. It's okay. You don't have to scream out loud right now. Even though everybody, there's nothing wrong with screaming. Okay, don't get me wrong. I'm not against worship team. But remember, God does not care about your performance. God only cares about your heart. Did you know that the person that's lifting up their hands could be so empty compared to the person that's just sitting there at peace with God? Not even saying a word. Right? You know, I, I use this, it's a weird example, but there'll be times I could be watching a movie, an action movie, and in the middle of a movie, for like a split second, I feel the love of God. I just have a glimpse of a memory, or I feel His presence during an action movie. Because did you know it doesn't matter whether you're at church, it doesn't matter if you're praying, if God is with you 24-7, He's with you, He just loves your heart. God is not a jerk and say, you go to church right now. You worship, you sing to me right now. Now he'll say, are you tired, son? It's okay. When you feel like singing to me, you sing when you feel like it. You know? I love your heart. You know, just common sense. So if you're in a relationship, are you going to say, honey, you say I love you to me right now. It's our anniversary. It's Valentine's Day for goodness sake. Say I love you. Is that love? Right? Or imagine it is your anniversary. Or imagine, okay, I don't know what you guys did for Valentine's Day, but they buy you flowers. Let's just say. Oh, did you? Thank you. Why did you buy this for me? It's Valentine's Day. <laughs> Girls, is that loving? No. How is it romantic? Why'd you buy it for me? Because I wanted to. It came from my heart. Because I love you. You see how simple it is, man, and how Christians we complicate it? <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Okay, I hope I get invited ask, you know, to come back. <laughs> I hope this is not too radical for you guys. Okay? But like I said, God is so... Look at it this way, guys. Like I said, God is not in any competition for your love. You know, He loves it when you love. 
So when you love, oh, okay, I forgot to say this. I saw this on Facebook before. And I even thought this way before as a pastor when I'm in the States. I always thought, love God more than my partner. You guys think like that before? You must love God more than your partner. Okay, raise your hand if that's kind of a mentality that you want me to talk about, okay? Yeah? Now, it's impossible. Okay? So, my concern before was like, I will not, I must love God more than my spouse or my boyfriend. Because if I love my boyfriend more than God, God might take them away from me to teach me a lesson. Right? That's the mentality that Christians have. Folks, did you know it is impossible to love God more than your partner? Did you know that? Is this messing up you guys? It's really challenging for you guys, right? This perspective that I'm giving you guys. It is impossible to love God more than your partner. Why? Because you cannot love God. Oh wait, look at it like this. You, you love God through who? People. When you give to the poor, He says, whatever you do unto these people, you do unto me. Did you know that you cannot love your partner more than God? Did you know why? Because you cannot love your partner unless it's through God. I'm talking about genuine love, not none of that superficial nonsense, emotional stuff only. If you genuinely love your partner, you can only genuinely love them through God. Is that making sense? So you cannot love God more than your partner because you can only you love God through your partner. And you cannot love your partner more than God because you love your partner through God's love. So here's my thing, folks, that when you get into a relationship with somebody, love them with all of your heart. You know why? Because God loves it when you love. He loves it when you love. When, when, when you do something good for your girlfriend or your boyfriend, God's not going to be like, I wish he would do that for me. <laughs> you know what God would say? Good job. He's loving her. Or when you do something for your, your boyfriend or your girlfriend, good job. You guys, this is making sense, man. That's how secure God is. So when you love, love with all of your heart. Because God loves it when you love. Okay? Making sense? No question based on what I'm saying. If there are two people in mind, two options. Okay, how can you choose? Okay, you have two options. Wow, lucky girl. <laughs> wow. Player. Okay, no, we're talking. Okay, <laughs> bow down to you, man. You want to come up here? That's it. It's simple, right? You get to know them. You choose which one you want to get to know. Remember, when you have a relationship that you want to start dating, they don't always work out. Uh, now, now, us Christians, we want to be idealistic. That your first is, like I said, is always going to be your last. But did you know that there are times where you'll, you'll think, oh, this is the one, this is the one. And it just doesn't work out. Okay. So when you see two potentials, get to know the both of them. Find out which one you want to get to know. And then if you start noticing some stuff in this guy saying, oh, I can't put up with that. Remember, you don't want to point out all the negative stuff and say, I don't like him because of this. Remember, no guy is perfect. No one. Right? 
But when you see a negative quality in a person or a habit, you just want to ask yourself, am I willing to put up with that the rest of my life? Because sometimes guys don't change and girls don't change even when you're married. Did you know that? Because I used to even think once I get married, they're going to stop this habit. No, 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 folks. Did you know that when people get married, they still have the same habits even from the, when they first started dating? So what you want to do is get to know them through dating. Spend time with them. Away from the group. Away, you know why? Because when you're in a group, you can't date. Come on now. Only group dating. Hello, you can't really get to know someone one-on-one when this person's talking to them. Get to know them one-on-one. I would encourage a public setting, of course. You know? And get to know them. And if you notice things that you say, you know, maybe I'm not as attracted to this guy anymore. And it's not a bad thing. Now let me try this other guy. <laughs> you know, if that doesn't work out, then try the third one. <laughs> okay? So just get to know them. It's a simple thing. Just get to know them. Or else you're going to rely upon a voice saying, God told me you're the one. And I don't know how much you want to trust that. Okay, just get to know them. Very simple. Okay? What's that? What's that? I don't <laughs> Okay, okay, then you're not lucky. Who's that lucky girl, okay? Okay, what else, what else? All right! There's the man! Uh, I'll see you later! No, okay. Which team, um, whom do you see? The one you like or the one you like who loves you? Okay. okay. That's an interesting one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Get skull, get skull. Okay, so which one who is better? The one you like or the one that likes you? You know, honestly, okay, look at it, look at it this way. Look at it this way, folks. It could go either way when you really think about it. Let's just say I like a girl, she doesn't like me back. And I fight for her for years. And this tree doesn't go down. Okay? Now you think about that. As a guy, like I said, you have to come to the point, how much are you willing to put up with this girl that is constantly not into you? But you're pursuing her, right? Now, if it's emotionally, if it messes you up, emotionally, let's just say you're pursuing someone and she doesn't like you back, and emotionally it is messing you up, maybe it's best to move on. Why? Because you, you deserve better. Right? No, 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 because think about it. Why would you be so in love with somebody that doesn't love you back. I'm just saying that you fought for years. Now, you have a choice to keep going and keep chopping that tree down. But if, if it's emotionally affecting you in a negative way, like it's very unhealthy where you want to be suicidal, she doesn't love me, you know, like that, then maybe it's time to move on. Pero, there's somebody that likes you. That doesn't mean you need to like them back. You know how many girls like me? That joke, that joke, that joke. That joke. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> it's a bad joke. It's a bad joke. In that case, I would have married every single girl in the world. I'm just joking. Bad joke. It's a bad joke. Okay. Now, if you like somebody just because he likes you, it's still not a, always a good thing, because you might just be like, "Well, he likes me, but I don't really like him. But he likes me, so maybe no one else in the world would like me." Hello, there are other Christians out there. <laughs> there are other believers out there. If he likes you, at least that's a good start. They can say, wow, he really likes me. You know, one of the great things of being in a relationship, and even to this day, like sometimes when I look at my fiance and she looks at me, I'm like, she likes me. Wow, that's so weird. She likes me. <laughs> you know, I get kilig. You know? And then when I look at her, she gets kilig. Because there's something wonderful. But remember, you want it to be mutual. 
So I think it could be a start where if somebody likes you and you don't like them, okay, you don't have to like them, but what if you find something attractive about them, then get to know them if you want. But remember, don't think that you have to like somebody just because somebody likes you. They might not even be good for you. Right? Okay, so like I said, the, the, most, the most basic thing is just get to know the people. <laughs> okay, if it's they, they, you know, you like them, they don't like you, well, get to know, let them get to know you eventually. Maybe they might like you or vice versa. Get to know them. It's basic stuff. Okay? Make sense? Yeah? All right, good, man. Good. What else? What else? Any questions about sex, or are you guys too scared to talk about sex? All the guys are like, finally! <laughs> finally! <laughs> Girls like sex just as much. Okay? Uh, sex is a beautiful thing. I think that when Adam and Eve were having sex or making love, okay? Christian girls, oh, making love, not sex. It's sex too, okay? When Adam and Eve were making love, I think in the garden, I think God was smiling down at them. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, now, now, let me encourage some of you. If some of you are not virgins, it's okay. God loves you. Okay? Don't, don't, don't feel like you're, it's over. Don't feel like, oh, who would like me? Because Christian guys want virgin girls. Of course, it's good to wait. It's good to wait. But if you are not virgins now, you're forgiven. All you need to do is learn to forgive yourself. Learn to forgive yourself. Do you guys know how special you are? I would even just give you biblical reasons why sex is so special. It's so special. Let me give you an example. Now, typically, guys, we want to be players. Not everyone, but just a lot. We want to be players. There are some guys or even girls in their minds they'll think like this I'll be a player for now and then in the future I'll commit but let me mess around now first you know sleep with around as many girls as much as I can and then I'll commit you know you guys get what I'm saying right you want to have a lot of sex and then you'll commit in the future here's the problem there was one example that I learned that was really helpful there's this uh, Christian these Christians at a restaurant and this guy said the very same thing let me mess around and then I'll commit later. So the Christian told the student, hold on, let me get a piece of duct tape. So they asked the waitress, give me some tape. So they got the duct tape, and the guy's like wondering, what are you going to do with that duct tape? So the Christian guy told the student, lift up your arm, lift up your sleeve. So he lifted up his sleeve. He's like, ooh, nice and hairy. Tell this tape not to stick. So he puts the tape on the student's arm. So the young student said, uh, don't stick. So the Christian Got the tape, ripped it off. He's like, ow! And then everyone's laughing. It's like, how many times are you going to do this? And the Christian said, until it listens. So he did it again. Don't tell it to don't stick. Don't stick. Kept getting hurt. They did it about five or six times. And then finally, it was getting loose. The tape, right? Because of the hair. Then he put it on the guy. Then he said, now tell it, Stick. So the student said, stick. What happened to the tape? Fell off. Do you know why? Because that's kind of like the way our sexuality works. Did you know that when you have sexual relations, it's meant to stick? 
That's why when you have sex with somebody, you become one. So there's this connection there that's very deep. So even though you, you have this breakup, it, it's painful to your soul because you had intercourse with somebody. You, you get what I'm saying? What is the biological purpose for sex? Procreation. Babies. Right? Now, tell me another biological function that we do as humans. Just name out a biological function that we do. Eating. What else? Sleeping. Di sleeping. Digestion. Growth. You guys get it, right? These are all biological functions. Now, how many bodies does that take to do those things? Just one. Now, biologically, how many bodies does it take to make a baby? Two. Do you see how special sex is? It's a special thing. You know, guys and girls, you know, even if guys, if you slept around or whatever, if you feel dirty, I've shared this a lot, if you drop a thousand peso bill, you drop it in the mud, how much is it still worth? Still a thousand. He might have gotten tainted in that sense, you know, but you know, according to the gospel, you're still the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. You're already clean. The Bible talks about being as white as snow. As far as the east is from the west, the Bible says, as far as I remove your transgressions from you, I'll remember your sins no more. Right? You know how valuable you are? Have that value again. Even if you lost it, you could get it back in that sense. You're clean. Okay? And you know, guys and girls, sex, it's, it's tough, it's tempting. I won't just say, don't have sex because, you know, guys, the reason why it's healthy in marriage is because there is commitment. So without even using a Bible verse, I could just use reason. What is so romantic? Now, deep down, guys want romance too, deep down. Okay, we also want the pleasure stuff. That's why you want quick fixes. That's why we watch pornography or whatever. But deep down, inside of a guy's heart and a girl's heart, you are romantic too, deep down. Now, answer me this question. What is so romantic? about being completely naked in front of a person that hasn't given his life to you. <clears throat> that someone has, hasn't fully committed their life to you. What is so romantic about that? You'll just have a quickie. But deep down you know that that's not what really fills the void. You know what fills the void? Love. Okay, now I'm not sharing this to boast. I'm just sharing this as an example that it's possible, okay? Can you believe I'm still a virgin? You're like, what? Josh, it's because you're ugly. <laughs> okay? I'm still a virgin. I'm 30 years old. I waited. You know, the majority of the, my years of why I was a virgin is because of I thought I'm just supposed to because I'm a Christian. I, or I did it out of fear. I didn't want to get caught because I'm a pastor. You know? We use these fear rules. These are the reasons why we don't want to have sex. Is because, oh, because if I get caught, they'll take me off of leadership. You know, or something like that. Right? Or because the Bible says so. But as I've learned the heart of God in recent years, the reason why I don't sleep with her, because I don't want it yet. I'd rather wait. So I'm just saying, I'm not saying it's a boast, but I'm saying, folks, it's possible, man. 
It's possible to not watch porn. It's possible. It's possible to not masturbate. It's possible. And that's why it's so good about having a relationship. That's why when you find someone that you love, relationships are good because they're meant to, to fill adult needs. We have needs as human beings. We have sexual needs. That's why find someone that really loves you. They can meet that sexual need. They won't meet every need, but the sexual need is there. And it's okay. It's nice to have lots of sex, man. Okay? It's a beautiful thing. But that's why as Christians, we use it as guilt. That's why we feel so bad when we do stuff like that. Nah, man, enjoy your body. Just look, you know, stand there in the mirror naked and say, I can't wait to sleep with my wife or my husband. And just celebrate it, man. <laughs> really. Celebrate it. It's so taboo. It's so taboo in Christian churches today. When really it's supposed to be a... You know, you guys, sex or making love is the highest expression of love. The highest expression of romantic love. So, if, if sex is the highest expression of romantic love, it's best that it's reserved for the most important romantic relationship that you'll have, and that's with your spouse. Yeah, I just want to hear your thoughts about celibacy. Or being okay. About celibacy? Yeah. Okay. You guys know what celibacy is? When you decide to stay single. Now, a lot of people think, Oh, you know, I, I want to find someone, but I can't find anyone. No one likes me, so maybe I'm called to be single. I've heard even my good friends say that, okay? Um, like I said, God, God, God's not a jerk, you guys. Remember, God knows your needs. He knows your... Imagine if you have this strong desire to have a partner. And like, God, I really... And God's like, no. <laughs> Hello, you have that desire... Don't our desires have needs to be met? Wouldn't that be weird? Like you have hunger. Hey, but there's no such thing as food. <laughs> right? There are needs for, for, to be met. Now, when it comes to celibacy, I have nothing wrong with people being celibate. There are some of my friends, they've decided to, they think that they're going to be single and they have no problem with it. Do you know why? Because they want to be single. <laughs> It's not because they gave up thinking God called them to be single. Sure, God can call you, but what does that really mean? You never really know. You could say, God called me to be single. And then by the time you hit 35, you meet this guy. And he's amazing. Oh, man, but I'm called to be single. Hello, maybe you're not. I'd say those who are called to be single, they chose to be single. Sometimes people choose to be single to be more effective in the gospel spreading around the world. Because we know the Bible does talk about that when you do get married, it's a, it's a good thing, but, you'll, but then you'll get concerned with those worldly matters, with issues that have to do with husband and wife. So the Bible does talk about it's easier to do things as a single person, but once you get married, you can't think about yourself anymore. Did you know the reason why people don't get married, like I said before, is because we're selfish at times. You know, I was thinking about, like, how I was showering the other day at my place, and I'm looking at my shampoo, and I'm like, that's crazy, because, like, not too long from now, I'm going to see Remy's stuff at my place, you know? My closet's going to be filled with girl clothes, you know? And it's, it's just, it's, you think about that now, you have another person in your life. It's something to think about. But to go back to your question, I think there's nothing wrong with it. The, Paul was single. For whatever reasons, it was to be more effective or whatever. Was he previously married? I don't know. So there's nothing wrong with being celibate. But like I said, there's nothing wrong with finding a partner. 
like I said, I think those, one, like one of my artists, uh, she told me that she, I think she's called to be single. And she thinks she seems happy with that. That's why she, it's really nice because since she's older and single, she has more time to spend with us. You know what I mean? Instead of like, now she has a family. <laughs> and so those things aren't bad, but once you make that choice, things change. You know what I'm saying? Like you start talking again? Ah, okay, okay. Let me see if I understood. They broke up, but someone wants to keep trying to be a friend, but you don't want it. Yeah? Oh, she's not ready to go back to being a friend yet. It's okay. Now, this is just my own personal opinion. There might be exceptions. I think when you break up and you really want it over, it's called a band-aid effect. What, what do you do with the band-aid when you, when you have a lot of hair? How, how fast do you do it? Right away. Right? The slower you do it, the more painful it is. Right? And what happens is that what many Christians do, and I've done this before, with my first girlfriend, when we broke up, we're still talking every day for like a whole week. We're just not bringing up our feelings. But you know what I noticed? I was able to move on when we stopped all communication. That's for me. I'm not saying this is for everybody. I'm just saying if you're able to move on and still be friends after, I guess it's okay. But for a lot of people, the best way to move on is out of sight, out of mind. Do you get what I'm saying? You just, you just, I just need a break right now. I can't see you. Because every time you keep talking to me, then it's like, I can't get over this anymore. You know, I'm starting to like you again, but I don't want this to happen. This is not a healthy relationship. I'd say if he's really a friend, he would at least respect your decision. Because, I mean, he wouldn't want to force it. And then I'd become like a stalker. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I, I think the best way to get over something many times is just out of sight, out of mind then maybe you shouldn't communicate for a while if it helps you to get over it. But if you can get over it while you're still friends, then more power to you. That's really good. But for me, like I said, I had to get her out of the picture and she had to get out of the picture. And now it's, it, was, it was the best. Because after my first girlfriend, after we broke up, that's when I actually got serious with my faith. But of course, I lived under law at that time too. <laughs> I was all about rules before. But at the same time, though, it's just like I, I, I think it's best when they're kind of out of sight for a while. But that's just me. So, but if, like I said, if they keep bugging you, you need to put your foot down and say, let's just stop communicating for now. If you really respect me, let's stop communicating. I'll let you know when I'm ready. You know, because um, it's not it's not kind if he keeps bugging you when you say no. That's how you know he does not respect if he keeps bugging you when you already say no. Then he has some like crazy issues. Maybe he's psycho. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I know he's probably not, but I'm just saying if we can get to that point. Okay. Did I answer the question? Okay. Did that help? I hope so. I hope I'm helping you. You're like, that was another dumb answer. Okay. No, okay. So I'll close with this. You guys heard of the five love languages? You guys know that? So that's the most, see, so she hasn't heard it. So the, I think one of the best things that you can do when you love somebody, learn the five love languages, which, which are what? Which are touch, gifts, time, words of affirmation, and service. Which one of you are, remember, so you can say, I'm all of those. 
in a sense it's in a sense it's true. But there's a primary language. There's a primary language that people have. Say, what do you mean? There's a primary love language that when you speak that language, you feel loved when you do that. When they do that to you. So, how many of you guys are words of affirmation? Raise your hand. I'm words. Okay? How about touch? You feel a lot of love when there's touch. Okay? There's a couple. What about service? When someone does something for you. Service. What about gifts? Who likes gifts? I'm not a gifts guy. Okay, gifts. Okay? Are you guys getting how important that is? Because you could buy, I know it's kind of like an overused illustration, but when your husband and wife, you buy your, your, your wife a, 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 dry, a dry cleaner or washing machine or something, say, oh, honey, it's, it's so helpful. But that's not her love language. You know, her love language would probably be words. You know? And I think, you guys, one of the best ways we can love people, we found this out in our group. We've done this a lot. Some of us, we actually did surveys, which is pretty funny. In the past, we did a survey within our group, and we found out what are our love languages in the group. And when we found out, they found out I'm words. So every time for my birthday, they would do stuff with words for me. Someone even made me a Christmas tree with words. My girl made me a video with words, you know, like uh, people saying nice things. So, you know, if you want people to feel love, speak their love language. You can say, but Josh, I'm, I'm loving them, though. I know you are, but they don't interpret it as love. Because that's not their language. So even though you bought them something, they're not a gifts person. They're maybe a touch person. Of course, be careful with that too. Okay, boy, 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 girl, girl. <laughs> okay, you know what I'm saying? So uh, <laughs> you guys get what I'm saying with that? Learn, learn their language. And, and, and I would recommend a good book I read one time. It was called For Men Only and For Women Only. You can find it in, in a lot of the bookstores here. Um, and it gives you the perspective of the opposite sex. So, for example, uh, you know, you, you tell your girl, uh, I love you in the morning. And at the end of the day, she says, do you love me? And the guy's like, I just told you in the morning. You know, hello, you know. Or you, you told them, you know, you're beautiful or something. And you told them all throughout the day. But they're asking you, do you think I'm beautiful? Do you love me? Hello. You guys, that's why the makeup of boys and girls are so different. We speak uh, much, you know why? Because girls constantly need affirmation. Boys, and I'm speaking to myself too, okay? Girls constantly need affirmation. Girls like security. Even over financial security, I think girls need more protection and emotional security over finances. I think girls admitted that. They would say, you know, I wouldn't even mind if my husband wasn't rich. But if he loved me and showed me enough emotional security, you know, emotional security and protection, I think we'd be okay. At least there was a survey done of that. Is that true, girls, or no? How am I making that? You guys care more about security than how fancy their car is. Some girls are like, no, man, I love those cars, right? You guys get it? And guys, uh, we're more, like I said, we're more visual <laughs> and all that stuff. You need to, you know, feed their ego once in a while. Some of the guys, they, they like to feel like a hero. Guys like to feel like a hero. Honestly, like when they do something for you, they like fixing things for you. At least a lot of guys. Okay? Or let's just say you guys fight. No, 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 no. I'm not even saying, let's just say the guy has a problem. He has to handle something. Here's the thing with girls. They think, did I do something wrong? But the, here's what guys, what you can do to help a girl for their affirmation. Honey, it's not you. It's something else. We're, we're okay. We're okay. You're just giving them affirmation because if not, they're going to keep wondering, what did I do wrong? He's not saying anything. So the, the guy just needs to affirm the girl in that sense. 
Is that true, girls? Am I? Wow, I'm learning. Oh, wow. Okay. So that, that's it, folks. Just learn each other's language. Love each other. Folks, if I could just sum it all up, follow, follow love. You guys know love in your heart. Okay, you, you know, you have the scriptures. You have the Bible. But you have God in your heart. Follow your heart. Your heart will, know, will not tell you to do stupid things. Your heart won't tell you, just have sex. You know? Or just do this, just do that, just do it. No, 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 no. Your heart will tell you, love her. Love her. Respect her. Respect them. Guys really love res- when guys are respected. When a girl respects a guy, guy will show you more love. Did you know that? Guys don't like it when girls nag too much. Really? <laughs> no, but really, you know, guys are like, why doesn't he do this? Why doesn't he do that? The more a girl could love and respect a guy, like you show him a lot of respect. I'm just saying, in general, a lot of men will they'll start to love you back because they just, they like that when you show them respect. Not the stupid chauvinistic type where like, do whatever I say, I'm a man. But the, like real respect. Or like, I love it when, you know, when, one thing, why it's so good to have a, a special partner. When I speak at churches, people could say good things to me. Good job, Pastor Josh. You know, Remy's words mean more to anybody else in this room. Really. I tell her that I remember when I used to make a sermon jam. I think all of you see some of my sermon jams. I don't know if you know what that is. I have sermons with music in the back. I made sermon jams and I get all these comments that are good and sometimes bad <laughs> from critics that are of the grace message. And then I'm like, Remy, did you hear it? I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> I got it down. And I was like, Remy, did you hear my sermon jam? Not yet. I didn't go online. And in my head, I'm like, just listen. You know why? Because when you have somebody who really is important to you, their words matter. More than anybody. You could have someone that's like the biggest fan, but they don't know you. You get flattered. But when it's somebody like, guys, when you do a good job, everyone can, even your boys are like, good job, man, yeah. But when you have a wife that really loves you, when you go home, and your wife who knows your junk, who knows your crap, and says, good job, honey, I'm proud of you. Isn't that make you feel good? So girls, do that for your men. And cook them food. Amen, that's it, oh God. So you guys, that's it. You guys, um, appreciate you guys' time, okay? Alright. Yay. You guys, this is my first time I did a Q&A on love for this long. You know, I usually just do it, like, privately with friends, but I, I feel honored and privileged, you guys, to sharing this. I hope you guys learn. Um, you guys, I have a website. It's uh, joshuatongle.com. It's just my name, T-O-N-G-O-L. I have sermons about grace and healing. And if you guys need any encouragement with that, you can check out that website. And uh, so thank you guys so much.